0: Bailey, thank you for joining me. Really appreciate this. How's yeah. your day going?
1: Oh, it's going pretty well. Rainy and um, gross out here, but it's good.
0: <laughs> in North Carolina, is that right? Yeah,
1: North Carolina, Charlotte.
0: Got it, right on. Um, well, no, thanks for taking the, the, the call and pod request because I saw your stuff on Instagram and naturally was <laughs> like, hey, anyone that's doing anything interesting on social media in this industry, I want to talk to. Yeah. Um, so I just fired off a message and you're like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so, so that's how we met. So, this is how this is for everyone that's watching. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> this is how we met. So, let's jump into the Instagram stuff. So, I went back through some of your posts and reels, and I mean, thousands of views. So, this is impressive to start. So, like, that's, you know, not the norm for our industry for one. So, talk to me about the presence and, and how it started.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I think it has a lot to do with my generation. I'm just, A lot of people who are, you know, my generation and my age, we do a lot of our shopping and research and everything on Instagram. So to me, it's kind of like if I'm even like starting to see a new product or like wanting to try a new restaurant, the first thing I always do is go on Instagram. And I want to check out if they have a good following on Instagram, if they are consistent with it, because to me, you know, that shows that they are okay. They're established. They do. Good business, and they care to like advertise it. So um, when I first started my home inspection company, I just wanted my first very platform was Instagram. Before I even made a Google Business page, I was <laughs> like I make Instagram. Great. <laughs> or even had like a PO box or an LLC. Even I was like, I need to get on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. So before you know, like I said, when I was going through the training of becoming a home inspector, that's when I started my Instagram page. I was like, I have enough information and knowledge to at least you know, put stuff out there and just start to get my name out there. And so I was making reels and posting stories before I was even licensed. I was like posting quizzes. I think that's one of the first things I did was because I was learning so much from the training and I was like, I'm just going to put these quizzes out here. The same questions that I'm getting answered for my training, I'm going to put on my Instagram and see, you know, what feedback I get. So I started to do that and people would respond and, um, that's how I really started to gain my following. And then of course, I went and I got licensed and I started my LLC. And then that's when I really just went, went balls to the wall and just exploded on Instagram. I was following every single realtor I knew in Charlotte, I was following every, um, you know, real estate team, I was following other inspectors in my field. But as I was doing that, I was coming to find out that a lot of my Um, competitors and home inspectors in the area did not have an Instagram page Uh. so like three years ago well they had an Instagram but they didn't or they weren't consistent with it and I was like this is like kind of my niche like I need to really establish myself on here and um, I was just going into people's DMS and messaging them. And like, I would never get a response. Maybe like once a week, I would get a response. And they're like, who's this person? And then like slowly and gradually, I would just like post every day. And finally, it kind of took a turn where I was being consistent with it. I was commenting on other posts. And I think that set me apart from my competition because I also was gaining traction from real estate agents who also build their business on Instagram. So they kind of appreciate and understand, like, this is a huge marketing Area. And um, another thing that I did was at each inspection, I still do this to this day, but when I first started, I would take a photo of the home. I would tag the location as specific as possible, and I would tag the real estate agent. And I do that for every home inspection, and I post it on my story immediately, and they repost it. So it's kind of like a win win for both of us. Like they're getting um, exposure, like they got this house under contract, congratulations. And then it's good for me because as soon as they repost it, There's hundreds of other agents that see it that may not follow me yet. So
0: this is a a master's class, I think, in startup Instagram. Um, It's making me smile because when we teach the InterNACHI New Inspector courses up in Boulder, I always tell them you're learning stuff this week that the average person or agent doesn't know and might be interested in. So like start talking about it and start posting. But there's this like overwhelming insecurity when you're new at anything that prevents most people from going out there and doing it. So I have a few follow-up questions. So, what did the DMs say? Was it just introducing yourself, kind of like what? Yeah. What did the those early DMs that got crickets say? Yeah.
1: So the early DMs I got crickets. I was just, it was way too long. So like it was, kind of, <laughs> it was trial and error for me in the beginning. Like I was so excited. I was like, I want to give them as much information as possible. Like I'm going and you know. And I get messages to this day where they're just paragraphs and I'm like, I, I have to sit down and like take time to read this. And so I was like, okay, Bailey, these people are busy. Like they're not responding to your emails or your messages. So I like, I did have the long paragraph. I was like, my name's Bailey. I just started my home inspection business, blah, blah, blah. I do this, this, and this. And I kind of stopped doing that. And I was just like, Hey, I'm Bailey. I'm new here in the home inspection industry, just trying to build my network. Would you like to grab coffee? So that's kind of like you have to end it with a question so that they can respond you can't just leave it you know
0: yeah let me know if you need a home inspection like no no
1: like can i can you share your email so i can send you more information or like do you want to grab a coffee or can you hop on like a zoom call so i can like discuss my process anything like that like you have to end it with a question
0: how many of those do you think you fired off like in your ramp up period
1: um i would i made i actually had like a notepad and i set a goal for myself every day as far as like marketing so i would spend at least 15 minutes on instagram just engaging as far as like liking posts following new people commenting but i st- i probably sent about 20 dms a day
0: that's least- amazing
1: yeah it's as many people as i could even like outside my radius just everywhere
0: so you found all the agents probably followed them mm-hmm. got a- started commenting reaching out so and then so there's like the 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 outreach side, the commenting on their posts, but then you started posting. What was that like? Just like talk about the imposter syndrome, like of oh my gosh, I'm brand new, but I'm just gonna start being a content creator. Cause yeah. Not so easy. I,
1: yeah, because I am um I'm naturally a shy person. Like I I get asked to do stuff like this and I get asked to do presentations, and I'm just like, oh God. But like, <laughs> I'm kind of better at it. And Cause I read this book it's called get different and it's a marketing book about how you have to separate yourself in terms of your marketing to like get attention. So I read that and it talked a lot about like insecurity and like being nervous and just being so hard on yourself when you post these videos and these reels and like you have to gain confidence in yourself and you have to just keep it short, sweet and simple and put it in layman's terms so that other people understand and you're not just like spitting out information to them. So yeah, when I first posted reels, I like couldn't even I would have to post it with the sound off and I can't even listen to myself. I'm like, (laughs) out of sight, out of mind, like keep the sound off, let it post. And I just don't even look at it again because I'm, we're all, we are our own critics. Like we're Mm -hmm. so on our self, but then it's like, I get feedback and they're like, oh my God, I love your reels. Like they're I get, I learn so much. Like I pass it on to my clients, and even my friends who know nothing about the home inspection process. They're like, "I love this," and they still follow me. And I'm like, "Okay, then I just need to keep doing what I'm doing."
0: Did you allow yourself to internalize that and listen? Because that, that's the hardest part. I think we all ignore that when it's yeah. like real world feedback.
1: Yeah. No, I definitely. I took that feedback, and it it did help my confidence. And I'm like, okay, I know what I'm talking about. This is my profession. I'm a I'm licensed to say these things. Like yeah put it out there so and it it's gone a long way i mean i I think i post once a day now so
0: once a day is it a real story
1: um it's usually a real and i post it i automate all of my posts so i post at like 7 30 mostly every morning and they just their posts and they go out there and like i pull up my instagram and i have you know hundreds of likes and i'm like okay it's working
0: yeah So do you have a process for batch creating and then would you use a tool to like schedule them out? Like what's that process like?
1: I typically don't schedule. uh, Well, I do schedule them out and it's I try to make it as automated as possible. So usually when I'm on site and I see a defect that I want to share with others or even just like a home maintenance tip, usually I pull up Instagram instantly and I go to the reels and I just start recording. Mm -hmm. And then i save the draft and then I'm done because like I can't take a lot of time while I'm on site to like produce a whole reel. Sure.
0: You got to capture the content while you're there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I just I capture just a small video and then when I get home that night I edit it. I do captions all on Instagram. It takes me a while, you know, it's very time consuming. And I think that's where a lot of people get lost is they don't want to take the time to edit it to make it look right. And especially with people who aren't very tech savvy, which I am not tech savvy but you have to just keep it simple and clean and short because usually the short reels do best anyways.
0: Yeah. So, and then you can, do you schedule them out within Instagram? So you'll create one that night. And do you say like publish this in three days or like? Yeah.
1: yeah so like right now I have about 15 drafts in my Instagram and usually five of them are scheduled out to be at seven 30 the next morning.
0: That's great. What, what led you to creating a system for that? Cause that That you said it so naturally like that's just like how you do it not everyone thinks that way they wake up and think oh what am i going to do today and that's too much pressure
1: yeah i think the biggest thing i have learned since starting my business is um automation and consistency and it's i because we get so busy that we forget to send out emails we forget to post we forget to do this and if you automate it it's just already done so i was just i was really trying to find a way to save time, as well as be like productive as possible. And I also found that posting consistently makes a huge difference as far as followers and engagement. So you just kind of have to eliminate the time it takes to do that and just set up a set schedule. That way you're doing it consistently, and you know, it's getting done.
0: The beauty too, of, of us even talking about this is that there's a big portion of our industry that just will not do this Um, and the ones that are, are clearly winning and getting benefits from it. Did you, did it exceed your expectations in terms of the actual business that came from it?
1: Um, it definitely did because as you know, with Spectora, whenever you schedule a home inspection online, there's a comment box that says referral, referral source Mm -hmm. and almost like 80 to 90% of my referrals are Instagram or like, I've just followed you on Instagram, saw you on Instagram. Uh, or an agent on my team told me to follow you, and stuff like that. So majority of my referrals are from Instagram.
0: That's insane. That's the high. That's one of the highest I've heard. You know, there's you and a couple others that are consistently creating. Um and that, to me, that debunks the whole it can't be done just over social, but you're doing it well and it takes time. I think that's the takeaway here. This isn't a PSA for everyone to run out and go do Instagram posts, right? Because that takes away time from you, maybe, visiting agent offices or doing more in-person stuff is that fair to say
1: yeah and i still do those things when i'm asked to do them um i still do presentations and stuff like that and that goes a huge way i did a presentation a year ago uh for a very prominent real estate team here in charlotte and they now use me exclusively so it's that goes um very long way also and they all follow me on instagram because every time i do a presentation i have a qr code people scan it i tell them i say i post videos i educate you i try to give you as much information as possible on the home inspection process because a lot of people are buying their first first homes they don't know what to look for they don't know home maintenance tips so they always follow me on Instagram and then it's always brought up during the summary too they they talk to their clients and they're like you should follow her on Instagram she posts all kinds of cool stuff no so, way yeah. <laughs> it's kind of crazy
0: that's great that's great and did you find most of the agents take you up on that most of them are on Instagram right they have to be they
1: are yeah and um they even ask me sometimes like how do you do it um and cuz I look at other marketing um, options like billboards, um, grocery s- store carts here, because I see mm-hmm. real estate agents all over the place. And I'm like, Do I really need to spend that money. Like, I think I get so much exposure on Instagram that I don't know if it's like worth a billboard.
0: <laughs> it's a digital billboard that reaches yeah. <laughs> the whole city. Um, that's the beauty of it. And that's it, like the fact that it's turned into real relationships, business, and even extending to the clients to me is probably one of the more powerful case studies i've, I've seen and heard and so i like discussing the details just to let people know because i think a lot of people think it's oh you flip your phone on and you're just kind of doing this for show or like to get your face out there it's like well you said the key word of educating agents mm-hmm. i think they they clearly appreciate this content i mean some of these have like tens of thousands of yeah. views and so like it's getting seen and shared so Kudos to you on that. We could probably do a whole follow up episode of like how to, how to like execute this. But I'm curious how you got into this business. What, what got you into inspecting?
1: So I am asked that all the time. And I think people are expecting the answer to be you know, my dad was a home inspector, builder, <laughs> or my mom was in real estate. And this is like kind of the most unexpected path I could ever take because I was previously a flight attendant before I started my home inspection business. And of course during covid i got furloughed and i was let go for like months on end i was probably out for nine months um i was on unemployment i kept taking you know voluntary leaves because i was just i was so miserable in what i was doing and it used to not be like that when i first started flying i had a blast it was so much fun but of course the longer i did it the older i got i was like i have no purpose i'm not happy doing this this is I make no money. It was just like hey. there was nowhere else to go. And as easy and as fun as the job was, it was I felt like I wasn't living up to my full potential and I needed to change that. So uh during my furlough, I do have a lot of friends who are in Charlotte real estate and they were one telling me, you know, you should get your real estate license. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Like <laughs> I am such an introvert. I <laughs> I can't tell this shirt off my back, like it is just terrible. So I, um, I looked into the home inspection industry, and I found out that it's just you know self-paced online for North Carolina, and then you do the eight hours field training, and then it's state exam. I was like, I can do this. So I kind of just messed around with it. I went through the training, and I liked that it was self-paced because I was like, I can quit this at any time. Like I wasn't tying myself to anything. And I just went through and I was like, I am learning so much. Like, this is a whole world that I'm tapping into that I didn't even really know existed. And so as soon as I went through the training and all of that, um, I really enjoyed it. I loved what I was, you know, learning and it was like a whole new life for me. So um, upon getting licensed, I started to shadow somebody and I wasn't quite sure if I wanted to go to a firm or start out on myself. But the reason I got into starting my own business was the flexibility and being an entrepreneur like I just that's something I've always been drawn to. So I went out on my own after shadowing a few inspectors and it kind of just started to roll as soon as maybe like it took me probably about four months to really get consistent and then. Of course now it's just kind of exploded.
0: <laughs> That's so cool to hear. So was there an interest even growing up in like construction, building homes or like what led you to even look into home inspecting because not everyone makes that jump from realtor to the home inspector. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So um I think it was just a suggestion from my friend. Ah. Um, cuz I was trying to, you know, cuz I was looking at appraisals also. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted something with flexibility and that I could do on my own. And of course, as I was getting into it, I was like, "Oh, I got to go on roofs. I got to get a ladder. Like, I got to go under houses." And it's just kind of like I was—I was—it was was definitely daunting. And of course, being a minority in the field, I was like, "I don't know how well I'm going to do. Like, I'm going to have to earn so much trust and like get so much experience before these people are even going to think about referring me." But I think at least in Charlotte, people were so, you know, surprised that I was out there doing it and I got so much support from people and they just like took a chance on me. Um, But to answer your question, no, I had not even like, didn't even cross my mind until a friend suggested it.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. And the, and the training can be amazing to ramp people up who You know, it's not brain surgery. I always tell people like, you know, we can say that, that it's like a tough job, but someone can get into it and learn what they need to learn. Yeah. Talk a little more if you could, because there's only, I've only interviewed maybe four or five women and there's, you know, maybe there's only 10 in the industry. I don't know. It's, it's not a huge number, but like what, what were some of those challenges and what, and what was that like, um, you know, for any female home inspectors that are watching?
1: Yeah. So I think you, I think it's a challenge if you make it a challenge. Um, it's Mm kind of like a mindset thing. You can't really go into something like this with any doubt. So, um, I did have slight doubt, of course, when I first started, but I was like, get over it. Like I'm getting the same education and knowledge and experience as the dude sitting next to me in this training class. And I went and passed the exam. Like I'm qualified to do this. So, and I was also a lot. younger than people in my training class. So I thought that that was also an advantage, of course, um, with my you know, experience to like grow my business on Instagram, a lot of older sectors are not. So I just kind of like took um, the advantages and kind of ran with it. I was like, I am in a woman owned business, like that's a lot of people want to support that. Um, I am young, I'm quick, I'm efficient, like I, I do everything fast. So I just kind of took what I knew I was good at and marketed that to get real estate agents other than just saying like, oh, I'm a female, hire me. So um, it was just kind of, there are some disadvantages to it. I think some people are like really surprised when I show up to inspect their homes, especially sellers, they're like, Oh, are you doing the inspection? I'm like, yeah, I'm that's why I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Oh, it's just you. I've never seen a female in this industry. And I was like, well, it's starting. So, um, yeah, it's been, I just kind of ignore all the doubt and, and then just do what I know I'm capable of doing.
0: That's the best way to attack it head on. Cause yeah, when, when they make the comment on site, I almost see that as a good thing. They're almost welcoming the conversation and giving you an opportunity to say either, yeah, not a big deal. Let's jump in or yeah, the, this is the challenges. This is what I faced, but like it doesn't, I've been in the same classes. I got the same training, you know? And so it gives you the option, I think, to, to take that bait or not. Right. When okay. they, when they open the door. Yeah. So, it's so
1: fun when I go to like pre-drive all inspections and the builders there, the trades are there and they're, wondering if i'm lost and <laughs> well, i'll just say hello good morning smile and wave do my
0: job <laughs> and have you found that balance also of being able to be just as vulnerable as a male that doesn't know something or that says you know what i'll I'll research that let me get back to you because there's yeah. also the pressure the other way right of like of uh, the unfair i think double standard of like women maybe having have to know everything or the expectation of that versus saying like Oh, I don't know. And that's okay. Cause I'm just a home yeah. inspector that doesn't know that answer.
1: Yeah. And I always say, I never know anything and I never pretend to know anything, but I will find the answer. So we all, none of us know anything. And if you think you do, then <laughs> might have to reevaluate, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I've come across those home inspectors and they are not delightful to work with. Like yeah. I, I couldn't wait to not work with them when mm-hmm. the facade, I, I called it peacocking in like 50 episodes ago. They talked yeah. about the typical peacocking that home inspectors do when it's like, it's an insecurity coming out. And mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes the ones you think are the best home inspectors still have that. Yeah. So, so for everyone out there listening, don't be that home inspector. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you talked about some of the strengths, client communication seems big on your radar in terms of you do the educating through Instagram, through a video. And to me, if you can do that well to a camera, you're probably going to be good at it in person for the clients and agents. So just talk a little bit about your views on just communication in general, because our industry, maybe not the best at it as a whole.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, some of that may have gotten forgotten during COVID because people weren't meeting us towards the end of the inspection. We didn't have summaries and people just kind of lost their communication skills during all of that. So I, um, I do take pride in the way I communicate defects. I don't, um, it was kind of like jammed into my brain during my training process that home inspectors aren't code inspectors. So I am not, you know, copying and pasting my comments from the IRC or like code enforcement books because that's not what we do. We're not, we're safety and functionality, not code. Um, so I think that's important to remember. And as far as communicating with clients, I get a lot of first time home buyers. I get a lot of, you know, young people who don't really know what's happening. And we also in Charlotte, there's this huge um, renovation and flip industry where they're taking Uh, these 1960s, 1970s homes and just sometimes they're completely renovating them. And then sometimes you get the guy who's just, you know,
0: Cheap as possible. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's, um, and of course, as a home buyer who doesn't really know a lot, they're walking into this beautiful home with all of these nice finishes and they haven't even looked in the crawl space. So um, of course they get there they're all excited and you know it does look, it looks great, but you go into the crawl space and these piers are crumbling. There's moisture everywhere. The floor is you know discolored. Um, so those are things that we have to communicate to this buyer who thinks that they're buying this beautifully renovated home and the crawl space has been neglected. So um, I always say, I always kind of start off with, I kind of have a script because it's best to stick to a script, but I always say, you know, it's not falling down. This is a beautiful home, congratulations. That's how I start every conversation with my clients. Um, And I just go into, um, you know, we need to focus on the crawl space before you make other um, decisions. And I say things like, this pier is crumbling it needs repaired and it needs repaired probably by an engineer. And then I explain, you know, what an engineer does versus what a foundation contractor is going to do because a lot of people don't know that in you know, that difference either. They just get scared with the word engineer. So, um, it's just, it's so important to give as much information in the calm manner than to just say your crawl space is shot. It needs so much work, you know, and just scaring them because, I don't know what funds they have to make repairs and that's not really my concern. So I just have to give them the information, um, on what they need to do to make the best decision. So I think that's kind of what I focus on, but, you know, communicating that in a calm manner is huge.
0: That's so refreshing because as a former agent and also after talking to, you know, hundreds of inspectors and agents over the years, probably thousands at this point, that's all the agent wants is calm, collected honesty without personal bias or opinions overlaid and a lot of inspectors do that unfortunately and i think like the whole deal killer um kind of mentality and perception this helps get rid of that by saying like it's irrelevant if the deal goes through or not you're calmly putting things into context yeah and i I think people appreciate that
1: yeah and if you're doing your job correctly and you're finding these defects and giving them the information they need, then you shouldn't worry about if the deal is going to go through or not because you did your job and you did it confidently and you gave them everything they need to move forward. So okay. it's not, I, it's not up to us if it goes through or not.
0: One thing I want to just even highlight, it's a simple phrase, but when you said, Hey, it's a beautiful home, it's not falling over like that to me means a lot because to a, a first time bright eyed, you know, first time home buyer couple, they they may not know the difference. Honestly, they may they may be looking for your validation, and so I think like those uh, rehearsed or canned statements can mean a lot, even though they sound generic to us because we know the industry and we know homes. I think home buyers need to hear those things. So I think that's like a powerful but simple yeah. kind of tweak there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so I want to go back to just like new the new home inspector. If you were talking to new home inspectors, like what what was interesting or jumped out or not as you expected becoming a new home inspector?
1: Um, I think becoming a new home inspector is, as far as the support I've received, that was so surprising to me. Um, I think it's my local community and where I do my business. Charlotte is just such a great city for that, but I have received so much support. And when I first started this, I was like, these people have absolutely no reason to hire me because I have no experience. I have no background. I'm you know, 29 years old and they probably think I have no clue what I'm doing. So um, you just kind of have to hold on and prove yourself and keep educating yourself and take on as much information as possible so that people see that. And you have to portray that and you have to show that you are passionate because passion goes away. To me, passion can go further than experience because these, there are guys out there who have been doing this for 20, 25 years and they're just not passionate about it anymore and they don't care and they're not trying to do better. So I really think people see how passionate and determined I am. And that goes a long way.
0: I really appreciate that. And and this isn't in any way to bash those in the industry that have been around. It's to me, it's highlighting the complacency that has happened in our business. And I've seen it over and over where some inspectors, they have their agents and they think they have them forever. But when you're no longer willing to learn and adapt, adopt, you know, adapt and research new trends, things going on to me, it's a losing bet you're losing already. And you're going to, they're going to lose out to people like yourself that. Are humble and hardworking because I will work with that kind of person any day of the week over uh, the know-it-all kind of like high horse inspector, Mm -hmm. the the condescending ones. We all (laughs) know those ones where it's like,
1: unfortunately, they do exist. Yeah,
0: yeah, like let me show you what I know. No one wants to be around that. That's a PSA for anyone listening. Um, But no, that's super helpful for new inspectors because I think it's a it can be a lonely industry and it can feel like there's no playbook where you are kind of making it up and like, trust me, as an entrepreneur, I get it. It's like, you just kind of keep going every day and saying like, I hope I'm doing the right things and look for signals out there in the universe.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's a lot of what it is. It's just like trial and error and trying to figure out what works.
0: So do you, did you start off with any kind of aspirations of how big, how busy you wanted to be, like where you want the company to go? Like, what do you, what do you look for in terms of this year? Like, what are you, what are you aiming to to do?
1: Yeah. So I think this past year has been really, um, monumental for Swell Home Inspections. It has been, um, extremely overwhelming and busy. And I have been trying to juggle all of it myself, which I do. Um, I drive myself crazy, but I, I do do it, but I have talked to a lot of entrepreneurs and real estate agents and. There comes to a point when you're running a business where you can no longer do everything yourself because it's going to get messy. It's going to you're going to get burnt out. You're going to get frustrated. And I try really hard not to do that. But um, I also know at some point I'm going to have to hire another inspector. Um, I'm trying to wait as long as possible to do that because, you know, this is my reputation. This is my brand. This is my company. This is my entire life. So putting somebody else on that name is extremely daunting to me. Um, but as far as swell, I think in the next, you know, two to five years, I would love to have another home inspector. Um, I do want to train a female. I want to recruit and train a female home inspector as well, because I want to, I am 100% woman owned and I want to have a 100% woman, you know, employee base as well. Um, Cause I think that would be, huge moving forward not only for swell but for other females who want to get into this industry and don't think that they can so i kind of want to inspire that and encourage more women in the industry also
0: all right so we talked a little bit about the female owned and, and hiring female employees obviously an important you know cause for the industry that we need to ramp up so i will be connecting you with some of the others that have been on the pod like Jennifer Riley out of Austin, great business, um, Mm -hmm. has kind of ramped up and and hired a lot of female inspectors. So um, anything we can do to help on that front in terms of getting content out there. But I think your Instagram content alone might be the biggest factor. So um, kudos on that. Yeah, thank you. So getting into the industry, coming from the outside, I'm always curious where else you see that the industry maybe is lacking or not innovating or Kind of like if we look ahead into the future, because so many of us have been in it for 5, 10, 20, 30 years and can get stagnant. So like where, where do you see gaps or where do you see kind of innovations coming in the future?
1: Um, so I think as far as at least what I hear from um, fellow inspectors and real estate agents is people publishing these 200 page reports and like hundred page reports and just putting in these terrifying comments under all of these photos. So I think when I see the home inspection industry, I kind of want it to be as efficient and fast and easy as possible. Like we have, I think we have to eliminate the stressfulness. I think we have to eliminate the time and process. Because when I go to a home inspection, it takes me, it can take me anywhere between two to four hours. Because sometimes I'll be on site for four hours at a 1960 ranch that has right. been terribly flipped. And, but no matter the home inspection, no matter the home, the condition, whatever, as soon as I leave the home, my report is published. So it is, and then I go to my next home inspection and I'm starting a fresh slate. So I think a lot of times when I hear that inspectors are doing, you know, two to three home inspections a day, and then they go home, they write these reports. It's 9 p.m. and they have not published their report yet. That's just insane to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, because we are in such a crazy real estate market right now that people have two-week due diligence. They need to close. They need to schedule. And sometimes I'm already booked out two weeks. So when I schedule my home inspection, I assure them, I almost guarantee, I said, you will have the report by time I leave the property. And I think that is huge. And that's a lot of things. That's something a lot of people in my area aren't doing. And also this is partly to Spectora, but people love the software and the technology that Spectora provides as far as like client-based home inspection reports. Um, I get so much feedback on how clean and easy to read my reports are and I think home inspectors get lost in having these extravagant long comments that I'm like nobody's really reading that you know and if they are they're terrified and they're back like so I think just keeping it keeping the home inspection as like clean and easy and as less stressful as possible is key in the industry.
0: It's huge. There's so many, so much to hit on here. So like the client experience, I think, you know, you and I, whether you're a millennial or or gen, gen X, whatever, if you're under 50, there's a chance you want things to be more concise, efficient, readable Mm -hmm. and user experience is something. I think that's why we succeeded in the industry was we were some of the first ones to think about who's actually digesting the report, not just who's writing it. Um, because inspectors will write novels. Mm -hmm. And the fu- the funny mis- misconception there, misperception is that that limits liability. And I've actually worked with a few home inspectors. Melissa Kuhn actually was on the podcast. She's actually on sits on a board that judges cases that go to the state for mm-hmm. home inspections. And she said the ones that had a lot more text, there was more to pick apart. And those those were the harder ones to judge versus the ones with just clear images and arrows and circles where... That's indisputable. So for whatever that's worth, there's probably time to refresh that PSA anyway of like more text does not always equal.
1: Yeah, I think I have learned in like the past year just based on client feedback is the less I say the better. And if you're doing your job correctly, you shouldn't really be worried about liability. Um, And I get, we all have the pre-inspection agreement. Like that's why we have the pre-inspection agreement because people will come after you regardless. But um, you you have to be confident in your findings to not put an entire textbook underneath your comments Um, and just give the information that they need. Um, As far as like getting so technical with like code, I don't really. That's not in my report unless it's an extreme safety hazard or a pre drywall, obviously.
0: So on the vein of communication and connection, it sounds like you're great at that. Is, have you found clients get more at ease the more you kind of communicate on site? So then there's not as much pressure on the report. Like I've always thought that, but like, is that true in your experience?
1: Yeah. So my re, my report is still, you know, 40 pages long. Um, I do put photos in there so that people know what I inspected. Um, but I always, that's something I always say during my summary as well. I was like, you're going to get this report. And I show them the summary, and I say, this is just the summary. You're going to get exactly what you're looking at right now. You have photos, recommendations, and comments as to why this needs to be um, repaired. So I always tell them that. I said, you have way more information on this report than you actually need, so please don't get overwhelmed when you are reading it. Um, And I always say, "What everything on this report is what we discussed right now. And I said, if you go back and you read the report, questions, just call me because you're going to read and you're going to get freaked out. (laughs) So I think that's, you kind of just have to have transparency there.
0: Love that. So with efficiency, so I think there's, there's gains to be had in the future in terms of, like you said, the amount of time on site, whether it's multiple inspectors on a home or part of the inspection, even being pre-populated for the stuff that's not unique. Do you, do you foresee any other areas? I don't know if you, pay attention much to ai or anything like that but like are there areas that jump out where you're like huh there's there could be something there in terms of my workflow or how Spectora even does things
1: um i think it is definitely as efficient as it as it can be um i'm always of course looking to make things more efficient and time saving on my end um i do think as far as like automation that Spectora provides that's huge as far as Um, Efficiency. And I've kind of, when I first started, I was getting, I was having trouble with the clients signing the agreement and making payment. Mm -hmm. And there were maybe two times where I went out to a property before I had payment, and I will never do that again. (laughs) So (laughs) with Spectora, you're able to send all of these reminders prior to the inspection. And I kind of changed my language um, on that confirmation email, the first email that you get. Um, so I changed the title of it and I said home inspection confirmation. And then there's a hyphen It says next steps because I want them to know that they're not done, you know, right. because it makes it easy for me and it makes it easy for them. Um, so I always just, I require it 24 hours prior to the inspection. Um, because now that I'm getting more busy, I have people who are inquiring about these dates. And if you don't have the payment or the pre-inspection, then I lose out on technically two home inspections because I could have filled that spot. So um, I do think efficiency in the way that you can also build your report on site with Spectora, I use my phone and nothing else. And that's why most of the time, my inspection is complete when I leave the property. So um, I do think Spectora is doing a great job as far as efficiency. AI is a little tricky. I haven't really tapped into that much to be honest. Um I am such I think it can get like a little I don't know if I trust it yet as far as right. writing my comments and stuff like that in my emails. I would have to look into it.
0: <laughs> it might be years in the future. Yeah, it's like we're not even super bullish on it like as of today. I think we're kind of in a wait and see mode and then um implement it quickly when we do see there's a a uh, very, I guess, safe, legal, efficient way that inspectors trust at the end of the yeah. day. Because, yeah, you guys have to be able to trust what's happening.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But, um, yeah, I mean, as far as clear communication being fast and efficient, I think that's huge.
0: Yeah. With the market outlook this year, are you feeling any of that? Or is Charlotte booming to the point where you're like, you know, we're still busy here. Things are good because everyone's got different opinions based on where they are based on where the market's going to go. Like how much do you pay attention to that stuff? And kind of what's your outlook?
1: Um, I do pay a great amount of attention to it. Um, I think Charlotte is a huge growth industry. I mean, we, they're building them everywhere and as quickly as possible. You, one day, you know, there's ground. And then the next day you've got 10 townhomes with, um, house wrap on them already so it's it's kind of crazy how quickly at the same time that's a bad thing because they put them up so quickly they put them up anywhere and it's these new construction inspections it's you just never know what you're gonna get um but i do think the market here with rates dropping it is gonna pick up january for me this year has been my most busiest january to date since i started Um, because I was kind of like, you know, I'm going to go on vacation in January. Because I was looking back at my matrix <laughs> from three Januarys ago. I was like, oh, I had like, I wasn't busy at all. And I went right. on vacation in the beginning of the month. And I was, now I'm backed up, you know, two and a half weeks. And <laughs> I was like, that's what I get. So I do think we're going to start seeing, you know, this market come in waves with the spring market. Like, I do think it's going to, I think people are jumping on it right now because rates are going up down and i think it's going to stop and then pick back up it's you just kind of never know um and you can read and listen up on it but i do think charlotte is pretty steady regardless of the rates
0: yeah it's it's, i see it listed as always one of those cities and even states that is getting inflow and, and continuing to grow and so for what it's worth um you know sometimes i can even get you know, down on the market if I read national headlines, but certain pockets are still booming apparently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause homes are still getting sold. I mean, 3.78 million from in the next 12 months is the NAR forecast and that that's a lot of jobs. That's a lot oh, of yeah. home inspections.
1: Yeah. And I do, I do believe sure. Charlotte is so much more affordable compared to New York, California. And a lot of people that we get from out of state are from New York and California. And they sold their homes and they can buy these mansions here in Charlotte. So they're kind of like, it's bang for your buck in Charlotte right now too.
0: Which you're more than happy to inspect, right? These 5,000, 7,000 square (laughs) foot homes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Those are always fun. They, um, you know, there's, I have actually tapped into the luxury market recently where I'm doing these beautiful homes and it's, it's a lot of pressure because of the client that you're working with, you know, they're buying this four million dollar home and i have to uncover every single stone because that's what i would want if i were buying that home so it's um it's a lot of pressure but it's also it's fun because these are custom built homes you don't always see huge defects but they take a while because there's you know four hvac systems
0: <laughs> right right but they are higher yeah they are higher quality materials typically what did it take to kind of break into the luxury space? What do you think? Like, what do you think is key?
1: Um, I think my networking really kind of got me there. Um, I did mention earlier, about a year ago, I did a lunch and learn for uh, a partner of mine, Jessica Bubinski. She is she um, works in mortgage at in Charlotte now. She's actually in the Compass office now. And so she asked me to do this lunch and learn with all of these real estate agents that she works with. And there was probably people in the room and of people that I have never met. Um, I did have a lot of my agents who my regulars show up because I invited them. But um, I did a presentation on thermal imaging. And to my surprise, a lot of inspectors don't market that or they don't use it in Charlotte. So I think as far as like the luxury real estate, people appreciate that extra mile. Cause I always say this comes standard in every inspection. I don't charge extra for it. I scan every room, I check every wall for leaks. Um, That's just something I do. It's not always portrayed in my report unless there's a defect. But as far as my inspection process, I do scan every room, um, whether I see a stain or not, especially on new construction because it has happened numerous times where they drill holes in the main drain line when they're hanging a shelf and there's water everywhere. So, um, I think that presentation got me, got a lot of people in that room to move forward with me. That's great. because
0: Everyone wants to move up market. I think it's, but a lot of people don't know how, or maybe don't have everything put together to be like a luxury home, home inspector. And I think like, I can tell you even from like the nice polo zip up that you have on, like all the little details I I believe add up to an agent saying you match my energy in terms of like, I'm a luxury real estate agent. And so I don't know if you've seen any of that or if there's any major differences or if it's more of a kind of luck of the draw in terms of who you run into.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of it is luck, but I also think it's the way you present yourself. And I think in any industry, no matter what you should always present yourself in a high-end fashion. Cause that's just, that's just something I've always owned up to. Um, but I do think cause when I first got a huge, you know, 8,000 square foot home, I was like, Oh God, can I do this? Cause I did. <laughs> I was like, I like, cause we have, you know, we show up with thousands of dollars of tools. And sometimes we only use, you know, the camera, the flashlight, and the screwdriver. And, um, I was like i don't have a massive ladder i have a ladder that fits in the back of my truck but it was i was like yeah i can do this i you know if i can't get to something i'm climbing out a window or i'm on a lower level roof like i get to everything no matter what um and if i obviously if i can't or if it's not safe then i put that in my report but most agents know you're not getting on a 8,000 square foot roof you know so um but yeah, I don't think anybody should ever say, oh, that's too big. I can't do that home because you are licensed and qualified to do any type of home inspection. It just will take longer and you have to plan for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It could be a whole day, but it's it's worth it because I feel like those ones also get a lot of mileage on social media. They mm-hmm. play well, they film yeah. well. So I think the marketing side of it is where a lot of inspectors maybe uh, don't have the know-how or chops to like market yeah. to that end.
1: Mm-hmm yeah and of course once i i always post that too i'm like you know i i have a wide variety of experience because i will do a 700 square foot home in the boondocks and i'll also do an 8,000 square foot home in south charlotte so it's you have to you can't limit yourself
0: are you doing a lot of new builds like what percent would you say are new builds
1: um yeah so this week i had I had about three new builds. So I usually have one on once a week. Um, Yeah, they they put them up like crazy here in Charlotte. And um, those are always fun. You never know what you're gonna get. And half the time they're not completed when you're (laughs) when you're there. So it takes longer. Um, Yeah, new builds are fun. You know, they're, they're easy, and they're fun. And um, there's a lot of them in Charlotte, for sure.
0: It's a good diversifier too, because if the the residential resale market stalls or slows even a little, usually it's a seesaw effect where it's like, okay, new builds go up a little quicker, but you got to be ready and kind of market them, market to the agents that you do them to, right? Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Last question for you. As a digital native, do a lot of your agents book online with you or are you answering phones? Because it sounds like you're busy and it's just you. So like, how do you...
1: Yeah. So I always encourage my agents to schedule online. Um, I will say, you know, there are some agents who have used me forever and they're, they'll just text me, you know, oh. but I, I try to eliminate the chain as much as possible because they will be like, when's your next availability? And it's just back and forth, back and forth. I was like, this is my next ability. Please give me the name, the address, the phone number and the email. And I'll confirm you, you know, cause it's kind of like, um and i also have people who are like they want to know my availability but before they put the offer in because they want to know what their due diligence can be and sometimes they'll say can you hold that spot for me and i have been doing that recently i have i will hold it for 12 hours if i don't hear from you by the end of the day or the next morning you're off the schedule you know so and that's why I do encourage online scheduling because it's confirmed instantly. I get an email, all I have to do is click and we're done, you know, and everything gets sent out. So I do, I do prefer people to schedule online, but sometimes it's an email or a text, but I'm not I'm not one to um, push back on that because everybody's different. And I'm not gonna be the one who's like, schedule online, send my link. Like I can work with you, you know?
0: Okay, so it sounds like you get the majority of them doing it a scalable way that works for you, but then there's the exceptions where it's like, okay, she's yeah. never, he or she's never going to scale. they not going to get it, so yeah. <laughs> well, right on.
1: don't want to adapt. And yeah. So I am flexible.
0: <laughs> right on. Well, Bailey, this has been awesome. We got a minute left. I want to be respectful of your time. Is there anything we didn't discuss that we that you wanted to jump into or anything you want to put out there uh, to? Whether it's the industry, other female home inspectors, anything?
1: Um, not really. I just kinda always say not to, you know, limit yourself or have any doubt if you are starting in this industry as a new young female home inspector. Even if you're not a female, even if you're young, just allow yourself some patience and get on Instagram. Hey, <laughs> get
0: on Instagram and follow you.
1: Yeah. So yeah,
0: yeah. There's the answer. Yeah. Well, this has been awesome, Bailey. Appreciate the time. And um, I'll post links to kind of all your stuff in the description so people can kind of follow along and and see what kind of content you're putting out there because I think it's awesome. And uh, you're changing part of an industry. So kudos to you.
1: Thank you so much. It was great to be here.
0: Right on.